Say it, don't spray it with Better Buddies. Hello, and welcome back to Better Buddies. I'm your host, RJ. With us this week, it's John. What's up, what's up? And James. Hello. Our Better Buddies icebreaker this week. If you could have five liquids stored in the fingers of one hand, an infinite amount, and comes out whatever temp you want, which ones would you want? Okay. I've got the... I've... What you got? I think, I think I've got it. Okay. So, pointer finger, ice water. Like, ice water, ice water. Okay. You know what I mean? Um, uh, pinky, chilled, um, green spot, Irish whiskey. Okay. Um, ring finger, ring finger, uh, uh, liquid gold. Okay. Middle finger, hot water like like steaming hot water like fresh out um, of the kettle fresh out of the kettle okay. and then thumb ice cold chocolate milk Ooh. so i agree with you on the the two the two water ones are pretty good like that mm-hmm. uh and i like the gold I'm disagreeing with you on the pinky. Fuck that. On the pinky, crude oil. Oh. <laughs> I was going to say the same thing. But uh, you said liquid gold. I'm like, that's kind of the same thing, but, you know. I will I will single-handedly <laughs> ensure that the planet continues to produce single-use plastic for all time. Until Yay. I die. Um, RJ wants to be the key cause of global warming. I am global warming. Soul. <laughs> the sole person response. I love that. <laughs> yeah. um, no, I didn't even think about that. Crude oil. Okay. I'm kind of torn. On the one hand, just plain old gasoline for the thumb can always fill my car. Oh, yeah. Dang. What, 10% ethanol or... Yeah, whatever. Unleaded? Leaded? Unleaded? <laughs> I don't know. I just grab the first one every time. Okay. What's the what's yeah, the stuff that. you need for like heavy machinery, like diesel, diesel? hydraulic fluid? Oh, <laughs> yeah, diesel. It'd be diesel. And I'd sell it to truckers at truck stops. Very nice. Um, this is a tangent, but I had uh, I said too early for a tangent. It might be too early for a tangent. <laughs> No, it's never too it. early for a tangent. <laughs> I was yeah, having yeah. a discussion with my roommate once, um, and this is a very like he did what in his cup moment yep. from cars. Mm-hmm. Um, he said we could come and swap a Tesla, <laughs> which would mean putting a diesel engine in it. But I had no idea what he meant at first. <laughs> what? <laughs> hey, so, yeah. you wanna get in the back of this Tesla with me? We can what swap a Tesla? <laughs> <laughs> it's like Cummings swap. It's like a type of diesel engine. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> so like, oh, what? what? I'll give you $10 uh, you climb the back of this Tesla with me. Oh, God. Um. So, yeah. Are you, are you done with your fingers, RJ? Yeah, I'm done. Or, um, I don't know what specific finger these will go on, but I'll just list my fluids. Um, go for it. I'm going to go with the two waters as well. One for sustenance, one for convenience. Mm-hmm. Um, the hot water one is also used for self-defense. I was thinking that too. Pure that self-defense. Yeah. Um, And then I'm also going to go do crude oil. Well, maybe just gasoline. Because that's also a good idea for cost saving, you know. Um, the one for pleasure is going to be hot chocolate. And then I guess uh, uh, the one for... <laughs> energy is gonna be tea you mm. know just like some some black tea i love that um this is another tangent but i was having a discussion with my friends the other day 
and they are both like Starbucks people, so they had three drinks on their desks. And it's like one for hydration, one for fun, and one for energy. And you know, I just had to apply that here. <laughs> that's, a, that's a really good methodology. Yeah. One for fun, yeah. one for hydration, one for energy. Whether that's fossil fuel energy or <laughs> caffeine. Pick your favorite. Ooh, what if you just did battery bad. acid? <laughs> like energy, uh, it's battery acid. Yeah, what, what if you. Just... What we just drank battery acid? You don't have to drink it; it just comes out of your finger. You just melt through a bank vault whenever you need to. <laughs> Ooh, there you go. Acid that dissolves anything, even your oh, finger. Man. Even your, your finger. Hand is just that's actually away. kind of interesting. Oh, that's a yeah, like that's an old joke, or like old riddle, I should say. Is that your friend calls you up? He says, "Hey, man, I've just invented this new acid. It'll dissolve anything." And you're like, "Oh, wow, that's amazing!" He's like, "Yeah, you want to become an investor?" "Oh, uh, yeah, I'll get to see it first. All right, I'll bring some over right away." <laughs> well, hang on. Mm. How are you transporting it? <laughs> it dissolves anything. Anything? Yeah, how would you even store it? Right? You don't. That's the Magnets. point. It's the magnet. Guy number two says, "Oh, never mind. I'm not interested anymore. Why not?" There's no <laughs> way to hold it. Yeah, glass. That's good. I kind of like that. Or it doesn't dissolve everything. Or it doesn't dissolve everything. Magnets. How do they work? When when, do they work? when a mommy magnet and a daddy magnet love each other very much, Hate they don't each actually other connect. Very much. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They're in a twenty-five oh, year long loveless marriage before they realize oh. they were just in it for the mutual attraction. Oh my goodness! Hey, uh, be here all week. <laughs> you think you're some kind of comedian, don't you? You think you're some kind of funny man? I don't think I know. I am. I'm pretty funny looking. <laughs> Oh, well, I was gonna say I know you are, but what am I? But uh, uh <laughs> never mind. Dang. <laughs> Sorry. 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 What if you only had a finite amount? Like you had to refill your fingers. Uh, what would you um, store in your uh, fingers? That's a disturbing sentence. I'd refill my fingers. What would I store? Yeah, in them? you got little like, like plugs in the back plug? of your knuckle, and you got to put a little funnel in and refill your fingers. That's not very much. It's not very much volume. It's like an ounce. <laughs> I mean, that's really the question then, isn't it? Of what would you even... Would you store anything in there? What would you store? It's like having a hand flask. Uh, Probably still some kind of liquor. You couldn't store milk. I would be wary about storing water for too long. Why? It's in your finger. Is your that's finger not sanitary. I don't know any more sanitary place than inside your finger. Is, it's a perfectly just a contained environment. Cavity. I don't know, but I'd drink wow. out of my finger. I'd store water <laughs> in my fingers. I wouldn't care. It's not like plastic, I, right? Like it's not gonna degrade. I would do it. I would do it for a little. Like I'd probably do it for. It's something I. It's like refilling a Brita filter. Like I'd probably do it several times a day. Like have to refill it. You know what I mean? I think my pinky I would fill with acid. Just in case. You never know when you need some acid. And then WD-40 in my index finger. And the rest are filled with water. What if you drink from the wrong finger? Well, you best not. (laughs) Otherwise you'll burn a hole through your tongue. And you'll have acid. Battery acid, the acid produced by batteries, is it made by melting batteries down? Where's battery acid come from? Are you seriously asking? Yeah, genuinely. Like, does, it's, it's, just, it's from inside it's batteries. Just, it's a chemical byproduct of batteries, or it's in batteries already? It's what makes batteries work. Really? Yeah. The acid supercharges the electrons, make it go boom. I'm pretty sure it's some variety of sulfuric acid, but 
That might just be a Factorio thing. <laughs> it's sulfuric acid. Battery acid is sulfuric acid. And it's been diluted with water to attain a 37% concentration level. Yep. Dang, dude. How do these, how do these people figure this stuff out? Calamari, oh, I guess. A good question. But it's like, even like, even the, the composition, like... Sheer effort it takes to determine the composition well, of one component. They of a started huge with process, the two copper you know? prongs in the vinegar or whatever, and realized it made sparks. And then from there, they just worked on different solutions and materials and components until they found the most effective ones. Iteration, well, baby. I mean, because like, what's the example of like the first battery, like the first. Um, might be naturally occurring. I believe... Yeah, right. I don't know about naturally occurring, but I believe the first man-made batteries were actually Mesopotamic uh, canopic jars that had literally, like, vinegar and uh, pieces of copper in them. What would they be used to? What would they, they be used for? They, they haven't figured it out yet. It's but they're like... Crazy. They thought batteries were first invented, like, Greeks or something. And, like, are the first examples of looking into batteries with the Greeks and then, like, onward. And they were like, holy shit, wait a minute. This even older society had what looks like batteries, but we don't know what they could possibly have been used for. Because it's not like they had lights. I mean, they just shocked themselves. We don't know. We don't know they didn't have lights. I mean... We can assume. <laughs> we, can, we can assume based on the fact that they didn't find any light bulbs with the jars. Well, it wouldn't have to be the same technology. True. Well. <laughs> who knows? Go we watch Dr. Stone. Figure found. it out on your own. Uh, yeah. They found, uh, like, really old... Um, watches basically like like mechanisms that were basically mechanical clocks but from like ancient greece you know what i mean yeah um which is like pretty crazy to think of that they had like crude forms of of like even something that mechanical back then even if it was very simple Well, our next segment is Better Buddies Recommend, where we recommend a piece of media to enjoy. Who would like to start? RJ gets to go first this week. RJ gets to go first this week. RJ saw The Marvels in theaters now. Uh, I'm going to be honest, it doesn't deserve the hate it's getting. Why is that? Uh, I'll be honest, also going to be honest, it wasn't the best Marvel movie. There are better ones. But it's it's a solid mid-tier Marvel movie. It's like low B, high C tier. You know? It's no Thor the Dark World. It's uh it's no Quantum Mania. But uh it, like it's better. Quantum Mania uh, was alright. Like I, I liked okay. parts of it, but it was also a little all over the place, a little too long for my taste. That's fair. Um But overall, like it was a decent film. I think the the one of the things that really I appreciated about it was like because it's all three quote unquote Captain Marvels, right? It's OG, it's original Captain Marvel, uh, it's Pulsar or Photon, aka uh, Monica Rambeau, and then it was Miss Marvel, Kamala Khan. I I'll be honest, I couldn't finish the Miss Marvel TV show, like. I watched the first episode, and I I just couldn't take the teenager fangirl energy. Like, I could hardly stand that energy when I was in high school, and I had some of that energy. And now as a 20-something-year-old man who's not the target audience for that character, it was just kind of like, you are... you are a lot. I don't... no. I can't. Calm down. Have some sense of realism when it comes to meeting your heroes. 
But right. also, you're a teenage girl who fangirls, so I I can't can't judge too harshly. Um, Most people in real life don't even have that grounded sense of realism when meeting <laughs> their heroes. Exactly. <laughs> um, but I will say, like, after the scene, like, introducing Kamala, because they don't assume you've seen her show, um, it's definitely, like, she t- she calms down as the movie goes on. Which I thought was pretty good of like, oh, this is this is a character with some depth to it, not just a stereotype. Um, Samuel I mean, L. Jackson's pretty good in it. So, because I'm not going to lie, as, as someone who <clears throat> is like kind of outside the loop, so it seemed almost from the trailers that they were to, like including these two girls just suddenly and randomly. So th- there was a Miss Marvel like television show that had did it had have these two young women who are additions okay. to the Captain Marvel storyline or were they introduced purely for this movie? Is this like a prequel for the show? Like how does that so... work? So this movie is at it's is chronologically in the same place as MCU release order. That being said, Miss Marvel had her TV show uh last summer. Was it last summer or the summer before? Summer before. Um and part of Miss Marvel's whole thing is like before she got the powers, she was a big superhero fan. In particular her favorite superhero being Captain Marvel. So when she got superpowers, <clears throat> she took the name Miss Marvel. Um, Monica Rambeau was actually introduced in the first Captain Marvel film as a side character, kind of like Carol's niece, um, like the way you, a really close friend calls somebody an aunt, you know? Um, Mm -hmm. Monica knew Captain Marvel as Auntie Carol. And then in WandaVision, Monica shows up again as an adult. And working with sword, and that in the Wandavision shows where Monica gets her powers, um, which they explain in the film as well. Um, but in Wandavision, Wanda puts up this hex over a town, and it is like the military's monitoring it. Da 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 da. And near the end of the show, Monica basically is like, like they've been using suits to kind of try and get in in and out, and main like without getting affected by it. And Monica pushes her way through, basically. And in pushing her way through the hex, ends up with light-based powers. Interesting. Um, the, the thing that ties them all together really is the Captain Marvel name. As for a while, Monica in the comics went by Captain Marvel. Um... And then when the original Captain Marvel came back, she dropped the name. And the poor characters had an issue with, like, superhero names, which they kind of make fun of in the movie. Um, But it's hard to pin down what superhero name she's going by, because she's gone by so many over the years. I think one of the ones that stuck around in my brain the longest is Photon. Um... Did they land on one in the movie, or... No. Not not really? Okay. (laughs) But the movie's pretty good. Uh, Directly ties into the fallout from the first Captain Marvel film. Um, Has some pretty good scenes, some good sets. It moves along at a pretty quick pace, like just under two hours. Um, And the post credit scene is... Big. And I think that's all I can say spoiler-free. So you'd encourage people to go check it out? I'd highly encourage people to go check it out. It's... Box office is not doing particularly well, which I don't think... It's got some factors going against it, right? It came out just as the writer's strike ended, and, like, the actor's strike ended. So, like, the actors weren't doing any press for it. It got barely any hype. Relatively speaking, it got barely any push or promotion compared to what it could have had. Um, It's being 
dragged a little bit because everybody's like, oh, we're sick of Marvel. Marvel's bad. It's like, yeah, Marvel's had some missteps. I'm not going to not gonna say it hasn't. But Marvel is also struggling to find its feet in being both Marvel and against the Disney media machine that is churn out something every th- three months or you're dead. Um, and I think overall it is better than people are giving it credit for. And a uh, vocal minority (laughs) absolutely hates Brie Larson. That too. And then there's a slightly larger minority that hates women. Yeah. (laughs) It's true. And we call them men. (laughs) Um, Damn. No, I mean that is that is that is fair, and I do think uh, it is it. Is, I do feel for Marvel, especially because like Disney as a whole seems to be going through like a pretty like one of the roughest periods I remember ever seeing them go through in my life personally. Where it like reminds me of the end of the two D animation. It it kind of like it has a vibe to it where it's like wow, like you guys are like. Like you had a kind of symphony going, even even for like um, you know, and I don't know what people's opinions of the movies that came out in that shoulder period between their recovery of b- between the the end of the Disney Renaissance and then the beginning of their like three D. I mean, animation. Look at look at like the movies that were coming out when we were growing up, though. Like that's when. Atlantis came out. That's when Treasure Planet came out. That's when Emperor's New Groove came out. Like all movies what, that people are like, these aren't gonna work. What I think is interesting though is like those movies. Think about all those films, and they're notable for one thing, which is they are not musicals. They are they are still adaptations in some way. Some of them, at least Treasure Planet, is of like yeah. Um, and so is the Emperor's New Groove. To be fair, like. Emperor's New Groove is like a straight up road trip buddy comedy. Uh, Atlantis is essentially like a a riff almost on like darker Spielbergian it's the adventure slash movie, like, the, the twenty thousand yeah. adventure story, the twenty thousand leagues under the sea. Exactly, exactly, and then um, you know Lilo and Stitch is is a great kind of uh, coming of age film. Um, and you know, Emperor's New Groove was supposed to be like an epic, like Prince of Egypt, Light Miz style musical, but they had to cut it because it just like wasn't working. And it's like, I think they've just fallen too much into a a formula. And the reason that the Disney Renaissance, I think, broke was because they tried to do something new. Right now, they're like it doesn't feel like they're trying to do anything new. It feels like they're they're basically like we're just gonna squeeze like as much. I think there's some restructuring going on behind the scenes, and part of that is that they're scrapping Disney Plus. Are you serious? Wait, are you serious? Uh, based on an article I read, apparently Iger was telling shareholders <laughs> that they are going to scrap Disney Plus try and buy out Hulu entirely and create a new one-stop shop for streaming. But they're going to slow roll it to give parents time to be like, hey, you need to set up parental controls. I, I actually, I do think, like, it's interesting because... You know, what made Disney, what makes Disney kind of magical or what makes anything kind of magical is like um, your level of engagement with it. And I think it's like anything at this point where it's like it's so people are so oversaturated with Disney because you're kind of right, like in order to justify their expansive platforms, maintaining all these licenses and like keeping the whole thing going like they have to keep producing stuff or else people's interest dries up and it's like they're afraid. It sounds really bad. Maybe this is this is kind of mean, but it, it it kind of feels like they're a person where you're like in a relationship with them or starting to get into one 
and they think like if they're not texting you like every five minutes of every day like you're gonna lose interest and go somewhere else yeah and it's just kind of like overwhelming and you're just kind of like okay maybe we should take a little bit of a break um a little bit but and i think along I do that feel same for... lines of desperation i think it's coming across in the, the quality of the work too of like so desperately trying to hit the mark and be the perfect four quadrant film on everything yeah it's like yeah, calm down well because like you're, you're okay Think, thinking about those movies that you mentioned again, like, and those are some of my favorite in the Disney catalog, and I'm biased because, like you said, like, I grew up, you know, we grew up with them. But, like, uh, like Emperor's New Groove, Lilo and Stitch, Treasure Planet, um, I feel like there's, like, one more that I'm, like, kind of forgetting, but I can't remember. Um, but those are, like, so genuinely... They're new and there's kind of, and the, the art in them is still pretty good. Like Atlant Atlantis has like some great designs, you know what I mean? Lilo and Stitch is like has some wonderful sequences and it's got like a real heart to it. The Emperor's New Groove, the backgrounds in that movie are gorgeously like painted. Um yeah. just beautifully designed. And like I've been seeing commercials or trailers online for that new Disney movie, Wish. And maybe, to be fair, like, because I'm not uh, in the market at all. Like, I'm the farthest yeah. demographic from what they're trying to get with, like, some of those movies. Like, I'm just, you know, going to naturally not know. Maybe if I had, like, young kids, you know, I would be aware of this a little bit more. But, like, I just don't feel like... Um, it doesn't really feel like... I see those trailers and I'm like, does anyone like care about this movie? Like, does anyone really no, know what this is? Or they don't you know? know what it's about. Cause if you so, haven't seen the trailer, you have no idea what the film is. And I've yeah. seen the trailer. Here's what the film is about. Yeah. So there's a magical kingdom where people can, the, the king is magic. He can do magic and he can, if you give him your wish, he can make it come true. And in the trailer example, he turns kind of a bigger schlubby guy into a knight. And then any, but it turns and he, he picks the main heroine protagonist uh, to be his apprentice and to learn. And she's all excited because she's going to help with the wishes. And then she gets to the castle and she finds out, oh no, there are a metric fuck ton of wishes that don't get granted. Because limited magic. And the king is like, no. I decide who gets their wishes granted because I know what's best for the kingdom. And I, I the the uh, for those people whose wishes I can't grant, I take away their wish. So they don't remember what they wished for. So they're not burdened by not being able to get their wish. And she's like, well, that's, that's bad. How they're just taking away the thing that makes them unique. And he's like... No, I'm helping them because it prevents disappointment in my kingdom. And those people whose wishes do get granted are generally pretty cool, kick-ass wishes. I'm not going to wish the wish of the dude who wants to murder children and eat their skin. But no, all the wishes got to be returned to the people. Uh, And she goes home and sees a shooting star and wishes that her goat could talk. And then, oh, bam, turns out the shooting star is literally a star that can grant wishes. And the goat has like four days old, but has a super deep voice. And they gotta go save all the wishes. The end. I mean, it's not that. That's not the worst fairy tale story. That's that's like a cute story about. It's like, only gonna be good if they kill the king. Trying to find ways. If they convert no, him back to being a that. good person, uh, what the fuck was the point? Because uh, that's like saying, uh, well, "Where is you, my you Disney?" Where their Gaston is fighting Beast in the rain on the roof. Or where the hunter hangs himself. <laughs> exactly. I mean, I, we I had will an up. say that... He fell off the blimp, and he just plummeted, and it got really quiet. That is the thing we're missing, like, not even just from, like, the Renaissance necessarily, but if you think of, like, uh, if you think of, like, um, you know, even Tangled uh, had, like, a pretty You know what, Lightyear had? Villain. Lightyear had a good villain. What happened in Lightyear? So, spoiler alert for the movie Lightyear, but it's been out since Father's Day of last year, so fuck you. Yeah, Buzz Lightyear okay. is the villain in Lightyear. 
Is he really? Is because it's because he's like a space cop, basically. He's like doing no, wrong. He's like working for the wrong people. So the start time of travel shenanigans. The start of the movie. It's time travel shenanigans. Good work, John. Um, start of the movie is that like he's part of the space rangers. They've got the colony ship. They're trying to find like a new place to colonize, right? And the land. But he fucks up and and they end up crash landed on the planet they're at. Like they can't leave. And one of the problems with the planet is these massive bug swarms that like just come in, destroy everything. That's just Starship Troopers. Basically. <laughs> except the bug oh, swarms are less man. intelligent. But I'm doing my part. <laughs> one of the things Buzz is obsessed with is trying to recreate the fuel source they need to get them to be able to warp again so they can leave and he can save the colony. Uh, but every time he fails, it pushes him forward in the future X number of years because he's approaching light speed. So after like mm, two attempts, his best friend and partner, um, like his space ranger partner, she is a grandmother after like two tries. And he keeps coming for him. It's only been like a few days. And so eventually it spits him out far enough into the future where like she's dead. Her granddaughter is like an adult now and they're trying to like just keep a living going and Zerg shows up. Well, it turns out Zerg is a Buzz Lightyear who never stopped trying to do so and just pushed and pushed and pushed. And eventually wound up pushing himself too far. Time, timey-wimey shenanigans. Got spit out on the other side of the galaxy. And used advanced tech he found to try and come back and fix it. But he was literally planning of, like, using the, the fuel source, go back in time, and replace Buzz Lightyear. Like, I am going to replace you. I am going to get it right. I am going to save them. And Buzz had to have the, like, no, we're not doing that. Let's not. I can't join you. Yeah. Like, you had your chance. You fucked up. You're you're stuck in the past, old man. <laughs> so is it literally supposed to be like Zerg just got, like, he accidentally made himself so insanely old, so the suit keeps him, like, alive, basically? Because he's, um, like, just... Not necessarily like, alive, tall. but definitely, like, he is an old man. Yeah old man version of Buzz Lightyear and used the suit to can like improve himself and like stay combat fit. Interesting. Very interesting. Um Yeah, I, I and again it's like these don't sound like bad plots and maybe I should give like some of the those Disney movies like a Oh watch, give Lightyear a know? try if you haven't seen it yet. This the designs in that mm, perfect sci fi. It's that even though I've been spoiled though. <laughs> the big like, twist is ruined. One of the things I mean, Calvin and I were gushing over when the trailers first dropped was like the suits and the ships and the tech and the designs. It was all that perfect like Halo Star Wars lived in sci-fi feel. Yeah, it did look kind of like it was trying to almost do like a kid's version of like the uh the like the tech from like Avatar, like aliens style, like uh yeah, that kind of chunky, blocky Absolutely UNSC Space Marine type like, looking stuff. I'll also put out there like he doesn't have the wrist laser or the wings. Like those are things that he picks up throughout the movie that at the end of the film, when it's like, ah, here's our new Space Ranger Corps and Buzz Lightyear is setting off to save the galaxy with his new team they incorporated those things into the new suits they have, which is where the classic Buzz Lightyear in his OG suit with the pop-out wings and the wrist laser comes from. So it's a progression both of his character and of his, like, tech. Yeah, I, li I like that. But anyway, the Marvels. Go watch it. Yeah. <laughs> um, John, you got something? Uh, I can go pretty quick. Um, yesterday, for apparently the first time, because I don't remember it now having watched it, I watched Kiki's Delivery Service. Nice. I apologize. I know you just said, did you say for the first time or no? I think so. I might have seen it when I was really young, but I did not remember any of it. Okay. So, 
good movie. It's a coming-of-age story about this girl who leaves home to at 13 to become a witch. Mm-hmm. As you do. She has to train away from home for a year, and, you know, she has to go to a new city and find a place to stay and find a job to do and just, like, all on her own, so. It's Ghibli. Yeah. I, I do think I like that one especially because that is the one... Ghibli film that to me feels the most uh, kind of maybe ironically so it feels like grounded in a reality that's like the closest to ours because um, there's no like if I'm remembering correctly like it's not like there's a big war going on there's nothing too supernatural it's not set in some like alternate universe really like it kind of is you know it's like the it's like turn of the century it's like turn of the century quasi steampunk like you know 20 early 20th century european uh type of look to it but it's literally just like a girl getting set up in life and learning to become a witch yeah it's a girl getting her first job you know it's (laughs) basically um and i i I like that one because to me it, it feels like his one that has the most modern sensibility to it i'm sure like there's you know the wind also rises which is about the guy who designed the zero which i did not know joe miyazaki's dad is like basically that guy like he helped design plans for the japanese war effort yeah like uh i mean not surprising but no i guess honestly yeah you're right i guess not i guess um uh everyone becomes some version of their parents in some way um yeah no that like uh what we just i guess really quick like what were some of your impressions now that you're you know a day removed from it or so um or just some of your some of the stuff you like some of the stuff you're like oh i could maybe this could be done a little bit better or just i guess general impressions no oh no No. (laughs) well Anyway, what's your thing, James? No, I... I uh, yeah. um, well, for one, the soundtrack was very good. Um, I mean, all of the Ghibli movies have very good soundtracks, but I like this one mm-hmm. especially. Lots of good piano. Um, World building was cool. Like you said, turn of the century. Um, cool city that she lived in. and Uh... Really, the only supernatural aspect of it is, like, the fact that she can fly around on a broom and her cat can talk for most of the movie. Um, other than that, it's just people getting around in cars and whatnot. Uh, so, yeah, I what don't know. The, just what is the antagonistic force element in the film? Uh, growing up. Yeah, I don't think there really is one. I think it's just kind of her kind of, like, trying to work her, her life through, yeah. you know. At first, it's the adversity of starting somewhere new, and then later on, she, like, temporarily loses her powers. Um, they kind of explain it as, like, a, a writer's block metaphor. Ah. There's this older sister artist character who's really cool. Yeah, um, And she kind of awesome. helps guide her through that. Nice. And then, at the end, uh, spoilers for this <laughs> movie, uh, she has, like, this boyfriend. Okay. That or this guy that's trying to court her. Um, and he's really into flying. And there's this Zeppelin, this dirigible, um, that's visiting the city, and it gets like picked up by a really bad windstorm, and he's trying to hold it down with a bunch of sailors. Um, but he ends up like getting dangling from this thing on a rope um, while she's in the midst of her not being able to fly phase. So that's her inspiration, too. You know, get her powers back, and she's gonna go get her man. Save the day, yeah. Oh, it's just yeah. really touching. Nice, you know. So, and of course, yeah, the artwork is gonna be gorgeous. Watch, yes. <clears throat> Did you watch it uh, in English or Japanese? In English. I honestly, I think I will always go to bat for the Ghibli dubs. Like I always think. Um, yeah. They feel so natural, honestly. They're well I, done. I noticed a lot of the same voice actors between Hell's Moving Castle and Spirited Away in this movie. Really? Yeah. Like, who just is there one that you can think of, like, specifically? Uh, uh, 
I don't know their name, but uh, some guy like was the baby from Spirited Away. No way. Really? <laughs> yeah. That's really funny, actually. I love that. Mamba. So nice. fucking... Yeah. I don't know. It's just about a feel-good movie. It was like an hour and 40 minutes. Good. I actually took a break in the middle to go do something. So, uh, but... Intermission, man. And just fine. It was like... Let's Five hour intermission. Yeah. Yeah, he's... <laughs> yeah, John's just taking a while to decide what popcorn he wants. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> just thinking like Patrick at the uh like doing the Krusty Krab training video, right? Where it's like, I'll have the uh um, um. <laughs> Well, James, what do you have to recommend? Uh, yes, what do I have to recommend? Yes, um, I. This will be this will be one of I one that I am sure that I've. It'll be one of my repeats. I'm pretty sure. Uh, I would be surprised if I hadn't recommended this or somebody hadn't in the run of this show. Well, what is it? Uh, it is going to be Archer. Yeah. Um, Been there, done so, that. Uh, by, I think at least me, you, and Calvin. Okay, I'm going to do it again. <laughs> Uh, because the show is, if anything, a uh, record of our of our lives, and I have to give an insight uh, into just the, the high amount of repetitiveness that mine involves. Um, You're yeah, repetitive. So like, Are you kidding? I, I'm, no, keeping a, I'm keeping a weekly audio log of how repetitive we as people are. Dude, I... I've realized, like, well, because, like, I watch shows, like, some people listen to music or, like, bands, you know yep. what I mean? Like, I will just go through someone, like, the seasons of a show, like, over and over and over again. Because yep. um, it's, like, a comfort It's called comfort thing. watching. Like, I, to ha- it helps with your anxiety because yeah. you know what's going to happen. Yeah. And it's just, like, it's nice, too, because it's, like, you know, it's... It, it it doesn't involve like uh this is really bad for me like this is not a healthy way to like view media at all um but like it just helps with like i don't have to actually sit down and like pay attention to it like if i want to put something on while i'm like cooking yeah. um i can't put on like a show where i've never seen it before because it's like because you want to pay attention and see to... what's going on exactly yeah so it's like um uh, I just like get into these loops of watching these shows, and for the longest time, for the past several months, it's been The Simpsons that I moved to Archer. And I will say, um, one of the benefits of watching a show over and over again is like getting to see it with different eyes at different points in your life, and seeing how it kind of like evolves, and then also noticing it's like the kind of characteristics that really make it really fun. And so you're I do saying think, you see like, yourself as more of a serial now. <laughs> yes absolutely i identify the most with mallory that's who i like i would like to be honestly um i i love her so much uh yeah i would just say like um it's a really fun show i will always go i i, I will get to the plate for archer especially in the early seasons because i i do think at the it honestly in a way it honestly feels very much like red versus blue to me yeah. in the best way possible um it's got this very like gen gen x a very as, it's a cast of very notable unique individuals that are easily defined and identifiable yeah and the comedy yeah. of it has less to do with the slapstick but more the interaction of the personalities and the situations they find themselves in exactly it's it's a workplace comedy with a high concept backdrop which i think like is really fun to do like in the same way in like red versus blue where they're like arguing about like the right protocol to use to call command or they're talking about like pay structure or days off or whatever <laughs> you know it's, it's very Time much the same thing 60 in hours in one week yeah, like uh, was that like a joke in RVB? Or yeah, in that, RVB or when they're talking there? about the pay hours for a week, Griff jokes about how he thought he got overtime once, but you have to put in more than 40 hours in a week, not a month. <laughs> it's 
so Archer's the same is the same humor, obviously. Like it, at least in the first seasons, where it's more focused on like them just running their spy agency, and it's less of like you know the missions or the the uh, characteristics of like a spy movie or setting are used, where it's like black ops and moles and Russian sleeper agents and, and protecting diplomats and doing all that. But then most of the episode is taken up with them arguing about, like, you know, they're having to deworm their entire, like, computer network because someone accidentally downloaded a virus or, like, uh, you know, the, the worker, the office workers all go on strike because they're not, they don't have a cost of living adjustment. Uh, I think it's also worth noting the absurdity of the backdrop on this. It's not just a workplace comedy. It's a workplace comedy for an independent spy organization. <laughs> Yeah, it essentially what amounts to a private security agency that at least in the first seasons of the show is like you're not entirely certain if it's like a fully private agency or if it has like a government license or something like that. Like it's not certain, but um like you said, RJ, it's more focusing on these characters and like their interactions day to day than the actual like, you know, goings on. And to be fair, as the show progresses it gets a little more focused in like uh, the the kind of the ops and like the setting itself, which is where I think it starts to go astray. Um, but from what I've been rewatching, like the first two seasons of the show are just so much fun. Uh, the animation, even though it's limited, I actually find very charming. Um, reminds me, it's supposed to be evocative of old Hannah Robera, like Johnny Quest and C-Lab 2021. And it succeeds. Um, it does succeed. Um, it's just great. It's a, it's a fun show. Great voice cast. Um, probably went on like many a little too long. Uh, probably should have gone maybe for only six or seven seasons. How many did it end um, up being? Twelve? It's still going. It's oh 14 seasons at this point. It's been going since, like, 2009. You know, I remember back um, in college when they were, like, starting with the themed seasons where it's, like, outer space, pirates, that stuff. And I was like, oh, yeah. the writers in an article were like, yeah, well, like, we understand, we don't want to be that show that goes on too long, so we're only gonna keep going as long as we have things that we think are worth doing. Yeah, and, and they and, keep going. You know, we're kind of like guys. You should probably go back and read your own article. <laughs> it's just the issue where it's like, because <clears throat> I will say what they did was that was actually really cool. Where they basically the the first example was, uh, the season I think it's season five or six where it's Archer Vice, where the setting is like basically the the spoiler, but the season opens with um uh isis being raided and this was partially because like this was around the time where in 2013 or 14 where like uh isis you know, was ISIS, becoming a terrorist organization yeah a huge name in the middle east and stuff like that so some say it was partially to do that they were like well fuck we gotta find a new way to reinvent this so basically isis gets raided it gets decommissioned and they all have to start over and it turns out that you know like in the process of all their black ops they've accumulated a huge amount of like cocaine that they've like stolen from people and they have to they decide to basically become a kind of improvised uh drug, drug cartel. cartel you know which they is offload this coke yeah which is a nice fun way to shake up your show and to do like to do that kind of stuff that's kind of cool and then they, like you said, they started getting into. There's a season where they're a private detective agency in L.A. There's a season See, that where that one made a little more sense to me, though. Of like, okay, they ha that is the skill set they have. They can utilize this there. It it's it's just like the the problem is is that it loses the because like <clears throat> it focuses more on like oh the core cast of like six, however many characters there are, yeah. um, the, the core group. And it's just like part of the fun of the first couple of seasons is the fact that ISIS feels simultaneously like extraordinary and mundane. That they're like worker the drones. Yeah, the the office itself is like the the quote unquote sets or backdrops are honestly really comfy. The fact that like Archer in the first couple seasons is basically nothing more than like. He's just basically a jock who happens to be good at his job instead of what he eventually becomes, which is this like 
hyper autistic troubled like um uh, yeah i did like, feel like they leaned a little heavy on the like here's all of archer's trauma yeah exactly like he just he knows so much and and the show becomes so self-referential that it begins to get a little incestuous like it worked when it just felt sort of like casual and fun and low-key and i think gen xers honestly more than any generation i've seen so far really have a handle on that i mean this is the generation who made stuff like clerks and red versus blue and like honestly a lot of media that we've grown up with including archer and i just really like admire that style because it's so sincere south park is technically gen x humor um it's, well, there it's goes so what I was about to fraternal say. What were I was you about to say? say that millennial humor was a little too cynical, but then you said that South Park was Gen X, and I gotta rework my life. Millennial humor is more like uh, workaholics. Uh, workaholics is millennial. I would say, I would say, maybe not made by millennials, but a huge part of millennial humor is definitely stuff like Parks and Rec, Brooklyn Nine Nine. That's more millennial humor. Um, I suppose. Because it's from people who were born more in the no, it isn't early to mid eighties. Yeah, really. Well, I, if you're counting like, for instance, like something, you know, Adam Reed, the guy who made Archer, was born in like 1970, which is like you're starting to get to like the core part of Gen X. There, Gen X are the people who came of age roughly in like the eighties and the nineties. Millennials are people who came of age in like the two. Michael sure was born in seventy five. So The Office then is Gen X humor, but for instance, like, I think of Brooklyn Nine-Nine as being millennial humor, because, like, I'm pretty sure Andy Samberg was born in the 80s. Parks and Recreation sure was co-created with Greg Daniels. Was. Greg Daniels is old. Greg Daniels is, like, I think Greg Daniels was born in, like, the 40s. Yeah, so while the actors are young, uh, like, the script writing sure fucking ain't. No, I can't think then of like I, I can't think of like a millennial show college that humor. comes to mind. Then. Literally anything college humor's done. Yeah, that's actually very true. Early college humor is millennial. Um, what do you mean early? That, All of college humor has been millennial shit. Yeah, yeah, you're right. That is millennial shit. They they are literally the evolution of millennial humor. I think there's kind of an important distinction there too. It's that like your more classic media, like a TV show, is it made by the older guard, whereas um, all the millennial stuff comes in the form of like a YouTube video or some non, like non-traditional media. And I yeah, think, like a web correct series. Me, correct me on this, because I'm forming yeah. this theory as I'm thinking of it, but it seems mm -hmm. like there's almost a divide amongst millennial of who kind of stepped up and matured and like moved upward versus those who kind of just stayed their course. Cause like a lot of the college humor people moved on and upward to do other things and run other businesses and become other people. I mean, um, John Ralphio, wasn't he former college humor? He, he was like an act. I mean, he featured like very heavily. Yes. He was never part of college humor. I don't think officially, but he was like very heavily the featured. They used. Yeah, like, he, he was a living and working actor, and I think he was part of, like, improv groups or something, but I don't think he was ever part of, like, the official college humor offices, you know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, you say that, but, like, the majority of the old cast are still working together on Dropout. Fair. They're working on, well, but you also have, like, I don't know, like, uh, like, um, well, I'm sure, did Jake and Amir have something on Dropout? They probably um, do. They did for a while. Uh, their uh, main podcast is uh, also ended a f few months ago. I just, I just know, like, uh, you know, I went through a period like a year and a half ago where I was watching all their, all the old college humor videos, not just their sketches, but like the, uh, the like hardly working series where it's supposed to be the joke series of them in the office that they put out like every week, which was like really interesting to see. And a lot of those people, uh, Sarah Schneider want to say dan guterman although i feel like that's not his name i feel i know his first name is dan um pat castles uh i mean all these people 
lot of them went on went to Streeter Seidel. One of them works for Streeter Seidel is a guy now who works for SNL. Dan, I think it's yeah. I don't think it's Dan Peterman, but you know he works for um, the Daily Show. Uh, Sarah Schneider, I think, went to write. Luzino for... works for um, Jimmy Kimmel. Who does Lou? Who's Lou? He was one of the newer guys. He was on Dimension Twenty. Uh, black guy. So, people leave and people go to other places, and I don't Pablo know. Tanner I mean, was one of their animators that ended up at Disney. Oh shit! Are you serious? For him, dude. Him, I remember. But it's just like, yeah. So I guess there is that millennial humor, and like you said, there is the divide. I think it's whether or not they chose to like. Yeah, go on and do something different or try and corporatize, like try to make their own thing the new old guard. Yeah. If that makes any sense. But looping back really quick, I would obviously recommend Archer. I've definitely recommended it before, I'm sure. Um, I know other people have. I would just say, like, go and watch it. Kind of cool Gen X style humor. It's always sunny in Philadelphia is another example of like Gen X uh humor. Um uh that's that's another good one. Um but I would I would say uh I fucking yeah, hate just... Gen X. Not Gen X. I fucking hate Sunny in Philadelphia. I can't do it. Do you really? Oh dude. I I, I, I tried. It. And I, I will give it that it has some funny bits, the the memeable ones, the ones everybody repeats. But I just, I don't want to watch pe- atrocious people being atrocious. I'm sorry, it's not for me. Yeah, that's that's very fair. It's I want atrocious think. people to have a comeuppance. I watched it at like kind of a formative time in college for myself, so it became very like. Uh, tied to this like very specific period of my life um it's their biases with it but uh yeah i would say i would say take a look at archer give it a shot see what you think our next segment and it's probably gonna be pretty short this week how to be a better buddy where you give some real and some humorous advice our question this week men who don't put your car in the garage why not with the further details most neighborhoods i go to people have their cars in the driveway why not use the garage for the car this seems like a Jerry Seinfeld thing. Like, what's oh, the deal with garages? We get the garage for the car, you? but then we leave the car outside. My roommate's oh. cars are in my garage. I don't have a garage. No, there's no room people, for me. Many people also turn their garage into almost kind of like a front shed, like a workshop that doesn't really yeah. always have room for a car. So that, they turned that into the man cave. <sighs> Into a pickle. Uh, I turned the garage into a pickle room. <laughs> so, those are a few reasons. Workspace, there are other cars in there. Also, turn it into a crash pad. Throw a space heater in there. Throw a bed in there. Get the second fridge out there that's full of your Cokes. Oh, yeah, dude. Yeah, the, the classic second fridge. Yes, you yes, love yeah. a second fridge. That's where all well, the you want a second, second fridge or a second mini fridge? Second no, no, fridge. No, second fridge. If you can yeah. afford it, second fridge for sure. Hands it's down. the yeah. fridge that you were going to get rid of, but it technically works. Right. It's just not nice anymore. So you put it on the garage when you get the new fridge. Mm-hmm. This is the way. You got to like really shut the door pretty hard, but it'll <laughs> stay shut. Um, but yeah, I think that's it for this week. All right. Oh, look at that. We covered some bases. Thank you both for joining this week. Thank you for having us. And thank you to the band Problem of Interest for letting us use the song Living in the Moment off the album Cross Off Yesterday. You can find them on iTunes and Spotify. You can find us on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever fine podcasts are sold. You can also find us on social media. Our Facebook is Better Buddies, where we have our Meme Mondays. Our Twitter, uh, formerly Twitter, X account is at Better Budcast. Use the hashtag Better Buddies when you tune about the show. And our Gmail account is betterbuddiescast at gmail.com. You can send us fan art, hate art, fan mail, hate mail, declarations of love, and or war. 
icebreakers you want us to answer, questions you need advice on, or if you just want to write anything in, we'll read it on there. Don't worry about it. Uh, don't forget to promote the show. Share it around on social media where you see it. And last but not least, be a better buddy. I'm not going to lie. I have, I do think I have maybe the best answer to the icebreaker question. If this oh, is the one that we're going well, with. Well, you don't. Oh, wait, you do. Shit. I forgot about that icebreaker. I need to rearrange. Can we please okay. see that icebreaker question? Unless yeah, it's already I will, been done. I'll change the icebreaker question because I forgot I'd put that in there. Hydraulic fluid. Try all of it. All five. <laughs> yeah, all five. <laughs> um, I feel like I had a good answer a few days ago, but I've long since forgotten about this. I just saw it this uh, earlier today, so I was like, "This is." I usually try not to see the icebreakers, like, because I usually like to take them on kind of like in the moment. But this one, I did end up seeing. And to I be fair, like, I threw it oh, in the I chat because I was. I was somewhere else, and somebody brought it up, and I was like, oh shit, I need to remember this. <laughs>